everybody, and welcome to another episode of Slam Dango, or maybe at this point we could probably just call it the Miz Movie Podcast, because here we are with our, I guess, fifth? No, hold on, let's do it. Marine 3, Marine 4, now Marine 5, but we also have Santa's Little Helper, Christmas Bounty, and with the two animated movies, seven, seven Miz movies. Well, we haven't done Christmas Bound. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Santa's Little Helper, Helper yet. yet. So this will be six, right? So but there are just, seven. Should we just call it the Miz Movie Awesome Cast? Yes, we should. Basically. So here we are. Yes, this is Sean Petrowski with me as always. My co-host Craig Savitsky. How How's are you doing, going, Craig? Sean? I'm doing all right. Good. Um, we've been talking about this movie for a while, for a long time, and how I've been. We've been racing forward. I wanted you to catch up on the Miz, on the on the battle, Marine franchise, so that I could fucking finally watch this movie. <laughs> I've I've been so excited to watch this movie. Ugh. Um, here we are. We have the Marine Five Battleground, starring the Miz, Maurice, Naomi, Bo Dallas, Heath Slater, and Curtis Axel. Well, that's right, Curtis Axel. This is the also probably the largest live action ensemble, yeah, WWE cast ever. And I wasn't the biggest fan of Bo Dallas or Heath Slater or uh, Heath, Curtis or, Axel or whatever. So I was like, eh, whatever. All right, so but spoiler alert: they're great. They are great. Let's uh, let's briefly let's talk about it. Are we, the Miz. We've talked about. We know everybody knows about the ad Miz. nauseum. Maurice is the Miz's wife in real life. She is the bartender, right? She's the... No, not in this one. Oh, okay. But she is uh, the woman that is trapped in the car. Yes. Okay, I thought that was yes. her. So okay. we'll, she is actually the Miz's wife in real life. Uh, she was a WWE diva for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then was let go from the company. Uh, and during those years, she and the Miz, I don't know if they had a relationship when she was a diva or not, but they ended up getting married, uh, and they were married for a few years. And then she came back to WWE kind of as the Miz's valet and was always scheming with him, uh, helping the Miz pull off his, uh, cheating so that he could remain the generally being the only reason that the Miz kept winning. That's right. Um, she also teamed up with The Miz and returned to the ring uh, in the infamous WrestleMania, The Miz and Maurice versus John Cena and Nikki Bella, where then John Cena proposed to Nikki Bella at the end of the match. Yeah. That was this year. Um, and uh, Maurice has been has been by The Miz's side for the past two years, uh, yeah. three years. Yeah. And, um, and she's been wrestling a bit on her own. Correct, like a little the, bit here and there. Not that division. often. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, she now is taking a step back because she is pregnant with the Mrs. and hers baby. I bet that baby's going to be awesome. It probably is. And I think they said it was going to be a boy. So congratulations to the Ms. and Maurice. Um, so yeah, Maurice had a very long career. She's French-Canadian. Let's also get that out of the way. So she has a crazy accent. Crazy French-Canadian accent yeah. that I always forget. Until she cr- speaks like, yeah. what? <laughs> exactly right. Oh. Um but she's got this thing like where she does this hand pose. Ugh. Like it's like a, I don't want like a double talk to the hand kind of thing. I don't know. But that's her pose. So the Miz and her, when they would come out, the Miz would do his spin with point, which is like my most favorite thing ever. <laughs> and she would do her, this is like a up in the air kind of don't talk to me kind of move. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Not much to talk about uh, with Maurice. You know, she's a typical diva at that time when the divas didn't have much character. They were always kind of betraying one another. Yeah, she was in the, like, in the pre-women's division phase. So now that it's the women's division, they're getting, you know, essentially equal storylines. And, you know, they wrestle well. This was kind of back in the day where they're... Wrestling okay, kind of, yeah. Still a little bit of that, like you're kind of the post, throwing each other around by their hair a little bit. The post Trish, uh, Trish Stratus Lita era yeah, and pre like women's division. It's a really bad time for the, the Nikki Bella AJ Lee kind of era, right? But they were like they were leading into the good wrestling of it, where Maurice was kind of right. not all the way there yet. That's right. Um, <clears> I think <throat> she's gotten better though, because when she did her match for WrestleMania, she was. Yes. Showing a much no. bigger improvement. She's much better at wrestling than she used to be, for sure. I think she may have been also a Divas champion at one point. I don't know. I feel like everybody's been a Divas champion at yeah, some point. at some point. Um, so that's Maurice. Um, then we have... Let's talk about uh, Heath Slater first. Mm-hmm. Heath Slater was part of the Nexus. Oh, right. We've talked about Nexus before. Nexus was the faction run by Wade Barrett. Dan O'Brien was in there. Uh, Heath Slater was also a member. And they were the guys that were running Ramshackle, the young upstarts. Right. He was part of this very monumental force as that was the Nexus. Since then, he's kind of fallen by the wayside. He was in a faction called Three Man Band. Right. Which was, listen to this. Drew McIntyre, Jinder Mahal, and Heath Slater. And Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal are like huge... Now and Heath Slater's a dork. So there were three man bands. They were like these rockers Ugh. that were just jobbers. Ugh. They never did anything. Yeah, yeah. Drew McIntyre gets fired. Jinder Mahal quits. I think. Okay. Maybe been fired. Not sure. Heath Slater only one to remain, and he's thin there. And it was was the one man band for a long time. <laughs> um, and also, and if it's if you listen, they redid his theme song, and it's like I'm a one man band. But when they get into like the second or third verses, yeah. they didn't bother to re-record so those. It's like talking about being a three man. No, band they band. still say I'm a three man band. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. they didn't bother. Um, but yeah, Heath Slater, he's now kind of has a he had like a nice when they did the split. He and Rhino yeah. were the first SmackDown tag teams champions. They kind oh, of that's rose. right, because they took Rhino out of NXT. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. And his whole thing was, I got kids, man. Yes. He, like this redneck Because kind of... he was doing the, like, no one picked him right. for either and side. he's like, I got to fucking feed my kids, So man. he was, like, showing up on both shows, right. like, beating people up. Right. And, like, like, people were like, what the hell are you doing? And he's yeah. like, somebody pick me. I got to feed my kids. Right. Which is, like, a weird thing that they've done with Kevin Owens and they've done with a bunch of people where yeah. they make them say, like, I gotta feed my kids. I'm like, this is... Well, Heath this- Slater's t-shirt is, is actually says, I've got kids, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Heath Slater, I think, is now... I mean, he's always been well-liked. He's really kind of... Uh, Wasn't he part of that, like, social media... The the uh, the the social outcast. The social outcast. Yes. It was like Bo. It was, it was Bo, Bo Dallas. Dallas. Heath Slater. Heath Slater. And then uh, what's his name? Fucking Adam Rose was. Adam up. Rose was yes. the third guy. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, so, that yeah. was another faction he was in. Right. Little doofy. Like they were, and but people liked that. It was funny. Like they yeah. were kind of like funny jobbers ish. Yeah. They were good. They were yeah. getting, they were getting a good kind of run. Yeah. For and sure. then Adam Rose had some fun things happen. He was let go and. Then that kind of Adam Rose is always the weak link of that anyway. Yes. Yeah. All right. And then we got Curtis Axel. 
who I don't think we've ever spoken about before. No. Uh, originally named Michael McGillicuddy when he started in WWE. <laughs> he is the son of the late, great Mr. Perfect. Yes. Um, he was uh, he was in a tag team with uh, Ryback for a while. They're called Rybaxel. Yes. Um, you know, I don't know what it is about Curtis Axel. I feel bad for him. He's He comes from a great pedigree. He's a good... He's a good hand in the ring. Actually, I don't know if you know this. When The Rock was warming up to return to you fight... You work with Curtis Axel? He, yeah. And he's, mm. I, I think he's worked with him multiple times. The story is, is that The Rock has hand-selected to work out with Curtis Axel to get ready for his return to the ring. Huh. So I think that tell, goes to show you that this is a guy yeah, that knows wrestling... In-ring quality. Yeah. yeah. And... Is floundered. I mean, he's. I think. Uh, I don't know that he's ever. I you think he might what? have been an intercontinental he champion. He kind of reminds me of um, Jack Swagger. A little bit, like in stature. Sure, and for like sure. How he like look. Yeah. And I think that might hurt him too a little bit because he's like very similar to a couple like looking to. a Well, couple Jack Swagger's teams. gone now, so and like yeah, and so I think it was like there's a couple guys that are young and they're not necessarily have the strongest gimmicks and they kind of look the same. And it's like, eh, whatever. It's one of those guys. Yeah. Like, it's. I think. I think he just kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit. After after his father passed away, I think they did kind of go to embrace the fact that he was from the Mister Perfect pedigree. Yeah. He why, had a hasn't he, why hasn't he ever done that? Like, well, he like, did really for a brief time. Yeah. But I, I, this guy could be a runaway success. If maybe he doesn't want to play that up, I don't know. I think he should be because that would be cool yeah. to have like Mister Perfect Junior or whatever the hell you want to call I, yourself. I, sadly, I think though at this time. He's kind of nearing the end of his career. Probably. He's going to be kind of a just kind of a good worker in the ring. Yeah. A guy that they can rely on to be to do whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He's going to be a company guy, and he's a good wrestler. And they'll probably take care of him forever because yeah. of his father. You know. He'll probably be around in some capacity at the WWE. Yeah, maybe he's he'll one be an of those agent. Guys that I can imagine being involved in the company for a long time if he wants to be. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and the last member of this, uh, fa- uh, well, no, that's not true. Uh, then we have Naomi. Naomi. Yeah, which uh, was a surprise. I forgot that she was in this movie. Yeah, Naomi, uh, African-American, uh, I believe is the, f- no, Alicia Fox was the first African-American women's Woman. champion. Yeah. Uh, but Naomi was part of the Funkadactyls. She was one of the cheerleaders with, uh, what the fuck was his name? Why can't we think of his name? Tyrus. Tyrus is the name. <laughs> it was not Tyrus. It was, it was uh, um... He had the greatest theme song ever. Yeah, uh, it was cool. Somebody call your mom. Better call my mom. <laughs> but yeah, so she started off basically as a, a uh, Brodus Clay. Brodus Clay, that's it. So they were She's, Naomi and Cameron were two cheerleaders that would come out and like do some dancing for him with basically. Brodus and yeah. to the theme song was amazing. Wow. And then she became a wrestler. She's, on her own. And she's very good. Now she is. Yeah. She was terrible for a long time. And then she, uh, I think, you don't know if she got hurt or asked to be taken off TV, reworked her skills, came back she's uh, around the time of the, the brand split. Yeah. And she was a heel for a while with uh, Tamina and uh, Sasha Banks. Ugh. And uh, I don't know. It didn't really work too well. Making Sasha Banks a heel isn't great. Like... You can make Sasha Banks a heel as a single wrestler because people still like people like Sasha Banks no matter what. Right. Tamina, 
who gives a crap about. Oh, I got. I'm offended. I like her, but like in general, nobody yeah, they really. They haven't cares. really built her. Up. Like it doesn't really matter what she does. Sure, right. And then Naomi is really good. So like, and she has like all these like glowing things and like kids. Well, like she her does now. She does now. Yeah, she didn't have the glowing stuff Correct. like that. She mm, she had the shoes, I think. She might. But I don't think she did the whole right. thing. Right. So the story is is after. She was very upset because uh, I I watched this season of Total Divas, so oh, I know, I know okay. this whole story. So uh, she was very upset about the heel thing, and she's not nat. She doesn't. She didn't feel comfortable with it. And at some point, she came up with this concept of, like you said, glow in the dark. Basically, she's like a rave chick. Yeah, she's got she's got those shoes. I'm sure you probably have all seen them at, 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 by this point, but like, it's got the multicolor glowing soles. Yeah, when you that, press like, change, down, it, right? They change colors when you step. So she's built that into her wrestling boots. And she's got like her black light comes, stuff. Yeah, when she comes out, she's all covered in paint, and and her clothing is covered in different stuff. So Where's those Kanye West '80s glasses? Yeah, it comes glow. out and it's glow. It's like glow in the dark, black light craziness when she comes out, and everybody loves it. Yeah, because she's got this. She had a theme song, "I'm a May A A A Zing," which was yeah. really bad, and then oh, they did a remix of it for this new thing, yeah. and it's like way better, and it gets everybody fucking hyped yeah. up because it's got. Crazy EDM beats and shit in it. Yeah. And, uh, she made a good choice with that because it was just a cool... What was a big risk? So yeah. she put together the whole concept herself and they made her do like multiple tryouts where like they would they would set up the, the stage for Raw that night or SmackDown mm-hmm. and before anybody was in the arena, she'd have to try it out for them. And then finally they said, all right, we're going to let you do it on television. Cool. And then it went over. Oh, it went over Big huge. time. Yeah. People, and it's totally reinvigorated her character. She's finally gotten some merchandise out of it. Feel the glow is her catchphrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's cool. And, and she had a really and long... Just in the ring, she's way, way better. Way better. Way better. Is she... Was she... Did she actually win the belt? Yeah, she was she a champion for a while. Belt for a while, yeah. And Alexa Bliss took it off of her. Yeah. Before Alexa Bliss went to uh, Raw. Um, I hate Alexa Bliss. Oh, I love her. Well, so Naomi, uh, she's a, a now forced to be reckoned with in the current women's division. Yeah, she's she's a top one, performer. One of those holdovers from that bad era of the divas. But yeah, but she's great. Reinvented man. herself. Yeah, she and she's really, phenomenal. really seems like she put her head down and got to work on the wrestling aspect because she was always you could tell she was always very athletic. Like she could yeah. do flips and. Well, do you know what her background is? She was a, was she an actual dancer? She was a dancer for the Orlando okay. Magic, I believe, is her story. Yeah. So that dancing that she does is part of her entrance now. Is a callback to those early days. Yeah, and she's just very, she's very good. Yeah. She's, she's done a really good job. So, uh, we talked about Heath Slater. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about uh, Curtis Axel. We talked, talked about, about Naomi. Them. We talked about Maurice. There's one person left to talk about. We always talked about The Miz, so we don't have to worry about that. And that's Bo Dallas. Oh, Bo Dallas. Motherfucking Bo Dallas. I, as a wrestler yeah. in the WWE, mm-hmm. since the time that I've been wrestling, I saw him a little bit in NXT, or I've been watching wrestling. Yeah. So I'm a little bit in NXT, a little bit on the main in roster. The main roster. Just didn't like him. Didn't like him. Didn't care for him. He seemed like a dummy. And then there was one point where he got a little chubby. It looked like he had stopped working out a little bit. <laughs> and so then he just looked like a real pale marshmallow with long, dark hair, and it was weird. And he's since, you know, gotten back in shape. But I just never bought into him as a wrestler. He's not a bad wrestler. He was just doing this, like, Bo Leave kind of hippie thing. In NXT, that was really annoying. Well, he was big. He, his his best run, I think anybody would tell you, was probably when he was in NXT. He was NXT yeah. champion for a while. Yeah. Uh, and he was this really annoying thing. Like, you have to believe. Meaning, yeah. You know, his name is Bo Dallas. Yeah, you have to believe in him. And he was always very positive. He was a heel, though. But it was, he yeah, was, but it was overly weird. positive to being a heel. Yeah, but like all of his... Like, he would carry like a sign with him. Right. And it would have like hearts and like right. peace signs on it. And then he was a jerk. 
It was just weird. It was fun. That was okay. Because, again, NXT, like we've talked about, that stuff's cool. Like, try out. Be as weird as you want. Right. Like, you know, I'm into it. But, like, it never carried over to the main roster. And Ever. even back then when he wasn't the champion anymore and he was kind of complaining all the time, I was yeah. like, ugh, I hate this guy. Sure. Um, but in this movie, very good. Yes. So the most I've ever liked Bo Dallas. So Crystal has always carried a torch for Bo Dallas. Ooh. She thinks uh, he's hilarious. Okay. So she's always been a fan of him. Uh, as you said, Bo Dallas kind of had some hard times recently where yeah. – he was not really being used well. Uh, he was on the main roster. The last thing I remember him doing was being in social outcasts and then not seeing him anymore. So I just gained a little weight. I think he was doing a little too much drinking because, I don't know if you remember this, he got thrown off of a plane for being drunk and disorderly. Oh, that's right. For singing Hakuna Matata. He got drunk on a plane and wouldn't stop singing Lion King songs. Yeah. <laughs> just and so they kicked him off. Probably the most amazing <laughs> wrestling story of all time. Um... I totally I always, forgot about I that. That was the, so good. There was footage of that. Oh. Um, but Bo Dallas, I don't know if you know this. I do know this. He is the brother of Bray Wyatt. Right, which is astounding to me because they should be using, he should be in the Wyatt family. Yeah. Because he's a good wrestler. He's, he's good. He's, he's not a bad wrestler. Another good guy. his gimmicks room. have always been bad. Correct. So like, and he's like, he's not a bad talker, like on the mic. No, he's, he's not, good. Like he's fine, it's just his... Angles have always been weird. Yeah. So put him with Bray Wyatt, who has an awesome angle, and it's his brother. Right. Do like the long lost brother thing, like you did with Kane and the Undertaker. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Right. That would be the best thing for him, and they won't, and they don't do it. No. Uh, and I think we've mentioned this before, maybe not. Do you know who their father is? I f- I used to, I forget, but I used to know the infamous Irwin R. Scheister. Yes. Mike, IRS. Mike Rotunda. Uh, they are the Rotunda boys. They yes. are all Rotundas. And their sister now, I believe, is a wrestler. Well, for too. a while, Bo was looking a little Rotunda. <laughs> um, and now, because of this movie, Craig, mm. because of this movie, and the fact that Maurice has left because she is pregnant, okay. there is a new faction that The Miz has. Is it The Miz and Bo Dallas? It oh, is, wait, he's got all those guys with him. It's The Miz Taraj. Yes. Where it is The Miz, Curtis Axel, and. Bo Dallas. Yes. They come out in fancy suits. They think they're all Hollywood stars. I have, I have, and seen I gotta there. say, it's pretty funny. It's amazing. Yeah, because the outfits that Curtis Axel kind of just wears sunglasses and a suit, but Bo Dallas fucking goes <laughs> to the wall with his outfits. They're every week. It's amazing. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. The Mister Rogers fun for has him. been really good. But again, it's still making him like a second fiddle to someone. Well, I guess the Miz is a top tier guy. I guess. So here's what's going to be going but on. But he's like lower end top tier. This is what's going to be going on next couple of weeks. So for those of you, uh, this episode is going to be airing uh, on the back half of November. So this is probably going to be, I think, post uh, around SummerSlam time. Yeah. So in SummerSlam, we're building up to the following. At TLC, we had uh, the Miz mm-hmm. team up with. The Bar, which is Sheamus and Cesaro, Kane, and Braun Strowman to go fight against the Reunited Shield. So, so all five of them? It was a five-on-three handicap match. Okay. In a, yes. So what ended up happening was Roman Reigns ended up getting spinal meningitis. Still hasn't been cleared to return. Oh, wow. Legit. Um, and he was replaced by Kurt Angle. So the big um, shield reunion match was spoiled because of spinal meningitis. 
<laughs> Which they're just like, well, let's never do it now. So, but here's the thing. The Miz, at this time, assembled this team himself. All right, he picked the bar, Braun Strowman and Kane. Why are they called the bar? Because they raised the bar. Oh, Jesus. Anyway. Um, he basically looked past Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. He's like, basically, I don't want you guys on this team. You're not good enough. Right? Right. So things didn't go well in the match. Braun Strowman ended up turning on Kane. They ended up getting into a fight. Uh, everybody then turned on Braun Strowman. I was going to say, yeah, because Braun Strowman could probably beat everybody yeah. up by themselves. So the team ended up dissolving partially during the match, and then the weeks leading up to that, nobody wants to deal with The Miz anymore. Right. So The Miz has now gone back to Bo Dallas to Curtis Axel and says, listen, I'm sorry. You should have been with me from the beginning on this. We have a big match coming up at Survivor Series. You guys are automatically on my team. Oh, they're going to turn on him. No, I don't think so. Oh, I feel like they are. So they are now back in the fold. Okay. So we're going to be maybe seeing some big things out of Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel with The Miz coming so. up for Survivor Series. I, I hope so. so. All right, so that's that's a lot of fucking people here. There's a lot of wrestlers in this movie. And uh, let's, let's we say we dive into it, Craig. Let's go. So right away, title sequence, we're seeing some fucking motorbikes. Ugh, I hated the title sequence. Yeah, pretty long Because it's, it's long and it's weird angles of motorcycles yes. driving. So yes. it's like if you were driving and you put a GoPro facing down yeah. at the exhaust pipe for 30 seconds. No and good. then like coming up underneath the handlebars and you're like ugh, this is terrible no good bad so we're introduced to the lost legion motorcycle club we see their motorcycle uh hang out their, their clubhouse mm-hmm. and there's two fucking guys kind of hanging out in a, in a truck, truck casing the joint sweating their balls off right which i thought was weird i'm like you're just sitting in a truck looking at a place and they're sweating profusely right so, uh, we go inside of the clubhouse for the first time. We learn that Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel, Heath Slater are all members of the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naomi is a bartender for the club. She's also a prospect. He calls her prospect while she's bartending. Okay, so she's, so she's probably going to be a main member. Trying to become into yeah. Trying to get into the club, yeah. So, um, let's get a couple things out of the way. Heath Slater is the brother of the vice president of the club. I don't remember what exactly his name is. Vince. Vince. Is the, is the vice president. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which is... Kind of crazy because they do look like they would be they fucking do brothers. Look like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Curtis Axel's name—I don't ever think I've ever—I caught it. Uh, no. Bo Dallas's name, amazing. Fucking Alonzo. Alonzo. What yes. a great name. <laughs> Alonzo. I love it. So these two guys that are outside are waiting for the leader of the motorcycle club to to come to the clubhouse. Yeah, he wanted to do something, and then Bo Dallas questioned Vince, the vice president, and said. You know, like, where's Rodrigo, who's the president? Right. He's like, oh, he's out taking care of something. He's like, you didn't go with him? He was like, no, the vice president's job is at the bar, drinking yeah. or whatever. Yeah, you know, like, it was oh, weird. All right. So uh, these two guys that are in the truck see Rodrigo pull up, and they fucking kill him. They Yeah, they drive past him and shoot him. And then uh, while they're escaping, the club members come out, and they shoot at the guys in the truck. Both of them are shot. Yeah. Uh, one guy not looking good. The other guy's able to drive away even though he's been shot. Yeah. The motorcycle club loads up to avenge Rodrigo's death. And they start chasing the truck. Right. Yeah. We're then taken to uh, an ambulance somewhere else in another part of town where we're introduced to our good friend Jake from the other... Jake Carter. Jake Carter, played by The Miz, who is now settled into a life as an EMT. Somewhere. Also. 
Not in the small little no. Oregon town that they still used to in Oregon. Live. Is it in Oregon? It's still in New York. They're, okay. they're outside of Portland. Okay, or I, if I, not in Portland, I couldn't figure out where they were. Yeah, you had a. If you looked at this during the title sequence, there was a lot of highway signs, mm. and they were all around the Portland area. So I'm okay. assuming we're still in Oregon. Yeah. I was trying to. I all just, I've just Oregon, recently so. been in Portland, so mm. I was trying to see if like I'm like, oh, maybe is this Portland? Um, and I was looking at the. the they eventually get to an abandoned. Uh, Amusement park, yeah, which I thought maybe I would have recognized, but I didn't. I don't remember seeing an amusement park in Portland. There probably, like, there probably isn't. Yeah, they probably they probably just made that up. They probably filmed it in Vancouver. They did. (laughs) I knew it. It Was filmed in Vancouver, Uh, but yeah. So here we go. The Miz is still staying in Oregon. Okay. Okay. um, Which is great. Good. Good character. The funny thing about these these uh, movies, different job every time. Every time he's got a different job. Every time. They don't explain what's happened to the Miz in between movies. It's like, oh, now he's an EMT. Yeah, we didn't learn. Well, <laughs> we don't know why he's no longer in private security. Probably because of he was the in events. a fucked up situation. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Have enough of this. I guess. He's like, I'm going to take an easy job. But like, be they, an EMT. they mention it and they go like, <laughs> yeah, those, oh yeah, you used to do private security. You used to do this. You yeah. used to be a Marine. His partner knows yeah. his backstory. Yeah. So, um... There, this is it. There's a car accident, and there's a ton of bricks that's about to fall on it. Some dumb asshole overloaded a, a crane with bricks, and on um, like you know four chains from each end of the platform with the bricks on it. One of them broke. All the a lot of the bricks fell right and crushed on a car, which have has Maurice. Maurice in it. Her legs are pinned. Uh, so the Miz gets there, and he has to. He gets the idea of getting a car jack. He jacks up the dashboard to get her legs out. They're basically saying, you can't go in there. It's too dangerous. Right. And He's like, fuck this. I'm a Marine. Yeah. And I don't leave a man behind. Yeah. Also, one thing that Crystal had a big problem with is this is his first day on the job that all this shit goes down. Yeah. Uh, um, Always. Yeah. So, um, he gets her out. Now, the thing they said was, you guys got to be ready because she's going to bleed out real quick because yeah. of the pressure. And they were ready. They were ready. And he gets her out, carries her a gurney. And her, those are some fucking nasty looking legs, man. Yeah. They're good She's fucking really, makeup. really cut up, yeah. Then he also rips her shirt off. Uh, does some crazy boob CPR. Yeah. Uh, yes. I guess maybe he was uncomfortable doing it on another actress, so they said, let's just bring in Maurice for this one scene. I think they just wanted to show off Maurice's boobs. Probably. Because um, it was definitely like, unnecessarily ripped her shirt off, and she was wearing like a crazy fancy bra. Yeah. Like, it was just like, mm, what? This is like a real weird showcase yes. for boobs right yeah. now. Uh, her name was Anna. She yes. ends up dying, and that's it. Jake's first day on the job, he already loses somebody. All right, so we're taking back to that truck of guys. They go to a parking garage for an amusement park yeah. that is closed for the season. Yeah. They go down into the garage as low as they can. They call 911 for help. Well, the one guy calls 911, the other guy's dead. I right. Think. Yeah. Um, Jake's ambulance then gets the call. They take it, and they get to the garage. They can't fit in the garage because this clearance is too high. Right. They think it's a. They also think it's a prank. Right. Like it's a closed amusement park. Why would somebody be in the in the parking? And deck call for a heart attack. And call for that they were having a heart attack. It just didn't seem right. right. Yeah. So because the ambulance doesn't fit, they have to walk from the entrance, and it's six levels underground. Yeah. And they have to walk through each of the levels looking for the truck. Um. They find the truck. One guy is 100% dead. The other guy is an African-American uh, African American man by the name of Cole. Right. I couldn't remember his name. Yeah. He was the guy uh, that uh, was driving. And uh, 
they start to patch him up. They realize that they're, he's got some serious trauma to him. They need to get him to the ambulance and to a hospital for a trauma surgery. Right, he needs morphine and he needs surgery pretty quickly because he's been shot in the stomach area. It kind of went in the back and out of his stomach. Right, exit so wound. He's losing a lot of blood. Right. So, um, the motorcycle gang is still on the hunt for these guys. They make the decision to check the theme park. Yeah. Like, oh, what about that abandoned theme park? We should definitely check there. So they went. Uh, they're on their way. Miz uh, takes the truck, throws the guy in the flatbed in the back. Yeah. Um, the motorcycle gang finds the ambulance and they begin their descent to right. look for these they guys. See the ambulance and they go, oh shit, somebody's here. I bet it's these assholes. Yeah. I don't know why, but they basically start to trap them in there. Right. So the Miz realizes what's going on. Because the uh, Cole tells him some situation, like these guys are after me. You know, we were on. He tells him the real story. Not, um, not right away. No, not the full real story, but like that they're after him. That he was driving through a bad neighborhood and they tried to kill him. Right, and then he had a machine gun. He was there to defend himself. The whole nine. So the miss says, "All right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to throw you in the back of the truck and we're going to try and drive past the motorcycles as quickly as we can." So, um, Curtis Axel is the first one to come upon them. Because they split up in the garage. He starts shooting them. Uh, they get past Curtis Axel. And the Miz, um, you know, tries to continue to take them out. Curtis Axel keeps continuing to pursue them. I also like how the Miz's partner at this point is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, she's like, why are you doing this? Let's just like. Yeah, leave this leave. guy and get the fuck out of He's here. He's going to die anyway. Right. Like, let's just go. So at this point, um, Curtis Axel starts running up the stairs. He makes it to um, the top of the stairwell, you know, looking for the Miz. Because they right. they, they break away from the truck. They start to carry him up the stairwell that it go, runs up and down through the parking garage. Right, because the elevators are broken. Correct. Power's yes. completely out. The power, there is no power. No it's power. It's a shutdown. It's totally shut down. So while that's going on, the bike, the bike gang has basically positioned themselves in the garage to basically, as you said, trap them. There's no way that they can get out of the garage now. So Bo Dallas, who's like leading this group of, of people, is uh, at the top. Right. And then everyone else is kind of like slowly spiraling down either on the ramps or through the stairwells. Right. So at this point, the motorcycle crew then finds where the power source is for the garage. They turn the lights on in the parking garage. So that the element of darkness and shadows... That the Miz has been relying upon this whole time is now gone. Right, because he's kind of been hiding and like, you know, either like hiding his him his partner himself away or using it to kind of surprise them and like get the drop on them and then run away again. Right. So now it's gone. So the next thing that happens is Al- Alonzo directs Curtis Axel to go to the nearest cell phone tower and take it out so that there's no cell service whatsoever when they emerge. Right, because they were trying to get to the top so that they could call the police. Correct. Yeah. At this point, Miz's partner tells him that they are 20 minutes away from protocol where the police would be dispatched to check in on them. Right. If they haven't checked back in with their dispatch in an hour, hour, an hour. Um, then the cops are automatically sent. Bo Dallas, as we said, is at the entrance of the parking garage. He is by the ambulance. He hears dispatch radioing into the ambulance. 
and then knows that the police are on their way. So he's now gets on his bike, heads back down, starts trying to step things up. He's basically saying, hey, we got 20 minutes to catch and kill these people before we got to get out of here. All right, so we didn't mention who shows up in the in the garage. No. It's Alonzo, Bodalis, yes. Curtis Axel, yes. and Naomi. Yes. So Naomi finally comes up on, up on the Miz while he's sneaking around. She's got a knife. And they have a fucking pretty badass... Um... Well, first of all, the Miz hits her with the CPR paddles to kind of stun her. Yes. And then he's able to kind of prepare himself. And then they get into a knife fight. Yeah. Which was a pretty great fight. Which is, she has a knife and he doesn't. Right. And, and I gotta say, their fighting sequence was great. Yep. It was a great fight. I was impressed. I think all the fights in this movie were good. Yes. Actually. Uh, and then Miz is able to turn the knife on her, stabs her in the chest. She's now dead. He moves on. Um... Uh, Curtis Axel at this point takes Zoe, Jake's partner, hostage. Yeah, he hits her and then grabs her and brings her up right. with uh, with him to the uh, up to the ambulance because she tries to create a diversion so that Cole can either hide or get away. And when she does that, he whacks her over the head and then takes her back up to Bodalis. Alonzo Bodalis then makes Zoe get on the radio of the ambulance. He's broken the window. Yep. Gets on there and say that everything's fine. So that they call the police off. Yeah, they basically say like at this point like hey. You want to see your partner alive. Oh, no. They, they had said this earlier. Like, we'll give you five minutes. Like, give us the dude and you guys can get out of here. Right. And they obviously chose to not do that. Right. So now they're just as much fair game to get killed as the rest of as, as anybody else here. So the no police are coming. And Bo, uh, Alonzo has destroyed the radio so that nobody can use it at all. Right. So you, but you would again assume that, okay, if. They get called again, and then they don't respond. They're going to send them the right. police. But she even said, like, stay by your radio. The next time you get dispatched, I don't, I don't want to, you know, right. whatever. So. Bo, at this point, makes Zoe tell Jake that she's radioed in. So Jake is now under the impression also that, you it's know, the police great. are not coming. Yeah. At this point, also, Alonzo makes it clear that they're only looking for one guy. Because he uses the words lone wolf. Yes. So the Miz picks up on that. The Mez gets the idea to go to the dead guy, put the jacket on that he was that the driver was wearing on the dead guy, and basically tell them like, "Yo, like, hey, guy, here's your dead guy. He's right here. Give me my partner back." Right, right. So he goes and do, does that. Alonzo and Curtis Axel roll up to the dead body. The Miz calls them out from the shadows. He goes around and breaks a bunch of the lights, so it's very dark. So it's very dark except for the light on the dead guy. Right. So that also is good because they can't see Naomi's dead body. Right. Which is in the same level. Correct. So he does a, he does a number of things there. It's a smart move. Yeah. Uh, and while the Miz is calling him out from the shadows with his gun, uh, the motor, motorcycle crew backs down, lets the uh, Zoe go, mm-hmm. and they're basically uh, under the making the Miz believe that they're satisfied with the fact that this guy's dead, and all's going to be okay. Right. So they start to drive away. Zoe shouts to the Miz something like, you're going to help me out of these zip ties. Zip tie things, yeah. Miz steps out of the shadows. Alonzo then turns around with his gun, shoots Zoe dead in the head. Fucking from far away. And then starts shooting at the Miz. Correct. Fucking crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Did not see that coming at all. Um, Jake is down to one bullet also. Right. No 12 rounds here. Just one round. Just his bullet. One round. Uh... The vice president of the motorcycle club rolls rolls in, 
and tells Alonzo, you guys are fucking stupid. There were two guys, not one guy. I, I looked at the security footage. And he's like, how did you say? He's like, I saw him drive away. He's like, no, I watched the, the security footage. There's two guys. Yeah. So now they're pissed off. And now Bo Dallas is extra pissed because he looks dumb to the vice president. Correct. Who he doesn't, you can tell he kind of has like an issue with anyway. Right. He doesn't really like him. And he thinks he should be ahead of him. Uh, you don't really know why, but you just get that vibe. Right. And then he, now he looks like a big dumbass. So he's, now he's super pissed. So uh, Axel, Curtis Axel and Jake find each other in the parking garage. They square off. Curtis Axel uh, did a suplex. Yes. There was a suplex. And um, like a fireman's carry. They yeah. did a couple of wrestling moves yeah. in, that, in that fight, which I was super excited about. That was a good fight. Like I said, I think I from as far back as I can remember and, and, and everything else, all the fights, like the hand-to-hand combat in this movie was really good. You know what it was? It's because it was all wrestlers. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So here's what I want to know. Now that they've done this, right? They, there's been other movies that were produced at the same time or shortly after that haven't been released yet. Right. But now that they've made this... And they've released it. Given the quality of the fight sequences, which yeah. all these movies have. Yes, and all and and these fight sequences were above average to very yeah. good. We're not talking Marine Two quality fight sequences mm. where we were working with you know some of Hong Kong's finest. Uh, yeah, that's true. They weren't they weren't that level. But but it was different types of fighting. Yeah, and also not uh, eliminators level either, where you're dealing with Scott Atkins and his people. Yeah, that's true. But let's say we we'll take those Forget aside. Eliminators. Take those two aside. From I'd say all the other films, this is probably top tier. Yeah, no, it's and it's definitely top two or three as far as movies are concerned. So you can like save money. You can save money on stuntmen and fight just choreographers. Just use wrestlers. Just use wrestlers. They um, might not be able to act all that well, but, but hey, they just make whatever. a fight. Um. Cole, who was the guy we talked about, ends up then stabbing Curtis Axel in the neck with the morphine syringe that right, he has. Right, so Curtis Axel grabs an axe yeah. and is about to basically decapitate the Miz. Right. Like, he's beaten the Miz and grabs an axe and he's about to cut his fucking head off. Right. And Cole comes out of nowhere, he can barely stand up at this point, and takes the morphine needle that the Miz had given him earlier... And jabs him in the neck. With right. Him. And it's and not a, it's not a filled with more. It's just a distraction. It's just like enough. Like it, it's like it must have a little bit of something in it because it like kind of makes him a little woozy. Yeah. But it's like it's just enough to like get him off his game. Correct. And then the Miz takes the axe from him and fucking jams it. Just <laughs> buries him. it in his ribs. Yeah, it was oh, oh fucking crazy. It was, it was bad. Yeah. Not a good way to die. Curtis Axel dead. So more motorcycle club backup is on its way also. With a lot of guns. Right. Insane amount of weaponry. Like, and big guns. Yeah, like fucking like, rail guns and shit. Real machine guns. Like just fucking military style weaponry. So Jake gets the power onto the elevators, but they're not functioning correctly. Right. Jake loads Cole up into the elevator, realizes that needs blood because he's passing out. He then does what they call a combat transfusion, which is something he learned in the Marines. Which he basically gives his blood to Cole because he is conveniently O positive, which is the universal right. Uh So he basically jams a, a tube in his arm, jabs another tube into, or end the other end of the tube into Cole's arm, and uses gives a syringe to pump. Yeah, yeah. As a pump kind as of thing. As a pump and and puts blood into coals that he can live. Right. He like immediately wakes up. He's like, oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah, I got this extra blood. Yeah. Ooh, I got uh, some blood. So, um, Cole at this point admits to them is like, listen, I did this hit. It was a prison that 
I had protection from these guys in prison. Uh, you know, and then when I got out, they they said, "Listen, you got to pay your debt for us protecting you." So and him and the other guy that was in the car, and he said, "We said no at first, and now the other guy's brother's in a coma." Yeah, and gonna... he said he was going to go after my daughter and my wife. Right. So I had no choice but to do this. Yeah. Um. Alonzo Bodalis finds them in the elevator, and they're all ch- they're trying. He gets his guys to try and rip the doors open. Or go up to the next level and come down. Yes. Right? Because the elevator can't move, right? And meanwhile, the Miz is trying to uh, hotwire the elevator to get it going. Right. He then breaks through the ceiling of the elevator and then meets one of the guys. Because there's a break. There's an automatic break on it. So if he can get rid of this, if he can get rid of this break, then he'll start he moving. can get the elevator to move. Yeah. A guy comes down from the crew. They end up getting into a fight on top of the elevator. Uh, sh- shoots the guy. Shoots the guy. Yeah. Oh, it snaps his neck. Oh, right. It takes the gun. Right. Um... No, I'm sorry. He shoots the guy's foot. This is where he shoots the f- guy in the foot. The foot gets blown off, and then he shoots the guy's head off. Yes. You're right. Yes, that's right. Then they shoot the brake. They head to the top floor, which is the entrance to the theme park. The henchmen uh, start to follow them throughout the park. One guy goes into a haunted house. Yeah. Uh, that was my favorite part. Alonzo then radios in. I want this guy alive. Because I want to know why this hit was done. Yeah. Meanwhile, the vice president saying, fuck this. Just kill him. Yeah, yeah, Enough yeah. of this. Yeah. Miz uh, meets up with the henchman in the haunted house. They get into a fight. Snaps his neck, his neck. Right? Yeah. Miz then takes his weapons. He's now armed with machinery. And he's got the walkie-talkie. And he lets these motherfuckers know, I got guns now. And I'm, tr- I'm a trained Marine. And I know you use these guns like, better than you do. I'll give you a chance to leave now. Right. Or I'm going to kill all of you. Miz then turns on the power to the entire amusement park. All the rides come on. And the Miz begins a firefight in the theme park. Uh, he tells Miz tells Cole, listen, you start heading this way, I'm going to go the other way. The second you hear gunfire, you make a run for it. And get yeah. the fuck out of here. Yeah. So that plan is now in place. Alonzo's been kind of hanging back away from everybody. Alonzo's split off from the main group of Vince and uh, uh, the, other, the other couple of guys. His brother... Curtis Axel, or not Curtis Axel, uh, East Slater. Right. And uh, another dude. Right. And uh, they're kind of splitting up to break it up. And, and Alonzo, you can tell, is like wary. He's like on the other side of the park and he's just kind of like. Something's waiting. not right. Yeah. yeah. He's, like, he's like waiting to find somebody, but he knows something's up. So, uh, like as you said, the Miz is kind of in a firefight with the vice president, Heath Slater, and those yes, other guys. He's on like a like a merry-go-round right. or something. Heath yeah. Slater ends up actually shooting him, yeah. shooting Miz in the shoulder. And they think he's dead. That's right. He falls down on the ground for place possum kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Bo gets to Cole. Alonzo gets to Cole, and he begins questioning Cole about the hit. Uh-huh. Where and as this is going on. The vice president and Heath Slater and the crew walk up on this interrogation and Cole says, it was that fucking guy that told me to do it. Well, yeah. So right before he says that, he's, he basically radios in and says, hey, I got him and I got him alive. And they start heading over to where he is. He's asking him, he says, some guy in prison's making me do it. I didn't have a choice. He was on, I was in San Quentin. I was in San Quentin. E-block. E-block. Right. And, this guy, and so as they're walking over, the vice president is just saying, I don't care who ordered it. Put that dog down. And then he starts saying, oh, no, it was that guy. He was an E-block with me, blah, blah, blah. And they all put it together. They're like, oh, wait, you were an E-block. And then he admits it. Like, he admits that he put out the hit on the president. Yeah. So, uh, Alonzo at this point fucking 
uh, knocks the VP down on the ground, and he's like about to just finish the job. He Slater interrupts him and says, "I'm the one. Let me be the one to do it. I'm his fucking blood." Yeah, we're blood. Let me do it. Yeah, which is fucking, fucking crazy. Stabs the shit out of him. Yeah, like not just one fucking. No, like stab. twenty times. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. Um, Miz rolls up in the ambulance. Uh, and right, because now they're gonna, about to light Cole on fire. Right. They're like, okay, well, let's. And he was, so he thinks Cole's like, oh, okay, good. Yeah, I'm out of like, here. Uh, I didn't. No, you know, no, they're they're like, no, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to kill you. And not only are we going to kill you, we're going to go get some gasoline and light you on fire. fire. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. Like, Jesus Christ. So Miz rolls up in the ambulance, and a major firefight breaks out again. Uh, he's able to rescue Cole. Throws them in the back of the ambulance, and they take off. The doors of the ambulance are kind of blown off at this point. Mm-hmm. Heath Slater jumps into the back of the ambulance. Uh, him and uh, fucking Cole get into a fight. They're like Cole, wrestling around, and Cole, Cole uses a strap that's in the ambulance to fucking kind of noose him up, and then breaks his neck. Which I don't know how Cole had the energy to do that. No, he neither do I. Like he was like barely walking the whole movie, and then all of a sudden he's like laying down on a gurney, but could break this guy's neck. Finally, the uh, ambulance breaks down in front of a construction site. They get out of the ambulance. Alonzo follows them. Mm-hmm. He arrives on the scene. A firefight begins at the construction site. Miz, su- at the construction site, is finally able to get cell service. Cell service. So cool. he gets it enough that he could call and ask for the police. And then Bo Dallas shows up and like knocks the phone out of his hand or shoots at him. Tackles at him. Yes, that's right. He tackles him. So then there's a knife versus crowbar fight between Bo Dallas and the Miz. Which is a good fight also. Other good fight. Uh, and this was cool. The Miz... Hits Bo Dallas in the leg where there's an artery with the crowbar. This is later, though. Oh, okay. Their Hold first on. fight. I'm thinking you're gonna. Ha- I'm getting ahead yeah, of myself. That's up you're on right. the roof. You're right. Um, so let me take that back. Um, this is where Alonzo fucking beats the fuck out of him. Yes, Bo Dallas like, beats the piss out of the Miz really badly to the point where he's got blood everywhere. everywhere. And then he kicks him in the face, and blood goes flying across that's the concrete. And I was like, oh shit, did they just kill the Miz? It seemed like it. Um, Alonzo then catches up to Cole on the roof, but this is where Jake then shows up and surprises him with a crowbar to the artery in the leg. Yeah, hits him in the leg. And then he fucking uses his EMT knowledge to be like, yo, motherfucker, you need a tourniquet right now or you're going to fucking die. And Bodaus is like, well, what are you doing? Give me the fucking tourniquet. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Miz has blood all All over his face. And it's kind of coming out from his mouth. He looks kind of like the Joker. Yes. Like, he looks a little bit like, like he's going to be like, why so serious? And then fucking stab somebody with a pencil in the eye. Um, and he's walking away, basically saying, like, you're going to bleed to death. Fuck you. And Bo Dallas is like, do the right thing. All of a sudden, out of nowhere. Meanwhile, the whole movie, he's been, like, talking real gruff. Sounded kind of like Bray Wyatt. A little most bit. Most of the movie. Yeah, it's true. Like, like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And then now he's just like, hey, hey, help me. Don't, don't, you're an EMT, please. Yes. Do the right thing. Right. And so he comes over, uses his own belt to... Do the tourniquet. Do the tourniquet. And then as soon as he does that, Bo Dallas stabs him. <laughs> it's amazing. So he pulls the knife on him. They fight a little bit. And then the Miz is able to throw him over the railing of the roof onto the roof of the ambulance. Yeah, he throws him off the building onto the ambulance. Alonzo is dead. Jake and Cole live. Uh, Cole then gets some medical attention. They say he's going to be all right. Um, Jake returns the picture that he has, his family photo, because he had dropped yeah, it during dropped one of the fleeing and moments. Cole has looked at it like a bunch of times during the movie. And even before they do yeah, the shooting. It's it also like, fucking bloody as hell right now. It's covered in blood and like wrinkled. And uh, that's it. In the end, we're so Jake Carter's walking away. He, he basically tells him, he's like, look, I'm going to have to tell the cops everything that happened. So we know, and Cole's like, yeah, I know, I'm going to go to jail. 
Like, or at least said you're going back to jail because he'd already been in jail once. And he's like, yeah, I know I'm going back to jail, but I'm still going to see my my baby daughter grow up. Yeah. And there was, a, there was another line that he said at some point when they're leaving the, uh, oh no, after the fight on the roof, Cole goes to Jay Carter, that was some marine shit. Yeah. Right. And I was like, what? <laughs> Is that, is that marine shit? Throwing people off buildings is marine shit? Yeah, it is. But anyway, it was it was pretty cool. So uh, that's the end of the Marine 5. Uh, Craig, I only got two small pieces of trivia for us okay. on this one. Number one, the director of this film. Okay. Same director as the director of Eliminators. I, I, yeah, I kind of get the same vibe yeah. a little bit. And then written by the guy who wrote Marine 3. Marine 3 is the first of the Ms. Marines. With the boat. With the boat. That Which is a great really one. Good. That guy likes a lot of gunfire. Yeah. Because there's a lot of guns in this one, too. Yeah. So, how do you feel about this one, Craig? I don't know. I don't know. Very minimalistic as far as a Marine movie goes. There's little, there's not very much storyline. The storyline really has nothing to do with the Miz. Um, right, he's not the central focus. Right, whereas in the other movies, saving his sister, like, say, like even in the John Cena Marine or the uh, the Marine Two, um, they were very much about like something, someone close to that person being attacked or correct, kidnapped. And in the, in the Marine Four, it was the he was a personal security guy, right. and, and the his, woman was in trouble. Right, and also like one of his mentors had been killed. Right, and stuff like that. So okay. Like that tied in. This one was just like I'm an EMT now, and some I'm protecting this like. Essentially, I'm a protecting this murderer. Well, it's because it was for, more moral convictions and yeah. his, and his background as a marine. No yeah, man, it, no it, man left behind. It didn't feel to me like a marine movie. I'll put it that way. It didn't feel like any of the other marines. Where like they all kind of had a through line before. Yeah. Of like a very similar like moral code and this that and the other and like there was something about all other four of them that kind of like linked together even though it was like different characters and right. different things. This one didn't feel like a marine movie to me, but it was good. I liked it. I don't know if I liked it as much as the three. And I kinda like two. Well two is good. But I don't count it as I mean it's two a is probably movie. the 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 worst of the marine movies, but I like two. Oh I would rank two above one. I mean I think one's the worst of all of them. Okay. But I, I I was thinking that you liked one better. No, but, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, I don't know where I would put this one. Maybe second or third. So I would rank them three, three, two, four, five, one. five, one. But I will say this: that makes it that makes people think that I didn't like this movie. Yeah, I was gonna say you probably say, I like all of them except for the first one. <laughs> I like this one a lot. I thought this was good, and I, 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 everything you're saying about kind of it being very different, both thematically and I guess motivation-wise, from the other Marines, I totally understand. But like, think about it. This is the fifth fucking movie. Oh yeah, no, they yeah, kind of like, have to break do? it off into a way where it's just like, yeah, all right, let's just get this dude in and have him like fight yeah. somebody. It's something. about this point. It's about Jake Carter and his yeah. experiences. Uh, but here's what I liked. I kind of was into the fact that this basically 90% of this movie took place in a parking garage. Yeah. No, that was cool. That was fucking cool. I also like any movie that takes place in an abandoned uh, theme, park. theme park. Hands down. I love that. That was great. Um, no, yeah, like I said, the movie was good itself. It's good. It gets into the action immediately. immediately. And it's an hour and a half of just him fighting. Here's a question I have for you. Yeah. 
I was thinking about this after the movie was over, as this movie was ending. Is Jake Carter just a dick? And that's why this keeps happening? Because think about it. The first one, he's super overprotective of his sister. Right. He's being an asshole. Right. She runs, basically runs away with her boyfriend, and that's how they get caught. Right. Because they see something they're not supposed to. Right. The second one is, uh, the second one with The Miz. He's a douche to the woman. Yeah. That he's supposed to be protecting. Yeah. And like, she doesn't like him like and she's trying to get assholes, away. Right. And then now she's trying to get away from him. And then in this one... His partner's like, we need to just part- fucking leave. Yeah. Let's he just, just fucking just get out of gets here. people around him killed constantly. Yeah. Because he's like, no, I'm a Marine, bro. I'm going to fix this. Like, that's not how you're supposed to think about it. But at the end of this one, I was like, man, you just caused like a whole host of death and destruction because you were like... We are saving this person's life. Like, even though, like, again, in the beginning of the movie, it shows him, like, risking his life and possibly whoever's going to try to save him's life. Yeah. To go in and save this woman. You know, granted, he was trying to do it to save a life, but he still, it seems like he's very selfish all the time. He's like, no, I'm doing this. We're saving these people. Yeah, it's a good I'm a Marine. That's a good observation. Always doing that. That's a good observation. I never so, like, really think about that. At the, at the end of it, I was like, is this all just happening because the Miz kind of can't get over his own ego? And just be like, all right, you're right. You know what? I, I am a Marine and I could probably beat the shit out of all these people, but like, let's do the safe thing here. Like, he never does that, ever. He was like, well, I'm going to find some guns and try to run around and kill people. And you're like, cool, like, makes for an awesome movie, but also, you're probably an intolerable asshole. Yeah, so where do they go from here next? Where, I don't know. Where's the Marine Six go if given this, the, this, this <laughs> development you The Great Wall of China. Maybe. It'd be amazing. Space. Maybe he's an astronaut next. I want this to be like a 10-part series like The Fast and the Furious, which I've proclaimed my love for many times. Yeah. I've also said, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I've held in the longest time that the last Fast and the Furious movie has to be in space because of how ridiculous they get every time moving forward. Yeah, I mean... I want the Marine to go to space also. I mean, I would hope so. Maybe he gets a, Maybe he's just the janitor at NASA. Yeah, or, or like he, I mean, he was a Marine. He was a security guy. That's true. Maybe he goes back and becomes a, a, an astronaut somehow. It'd be amazing if it happened. Or like they need him for a space station security or something. Yeah, right. Whatever. So, so yeah, I mean, I, again, I like this. Good it, movie. It was like a good a, movie. Cool kills. Great fights. Cool setting. Yeah. Totally agree with you. Yeah, hands down. Uh, another great outing uh, for for this franchise. Still think. Uh, Still feel that maybe three is the best one for him, the Miz. Yeah, just the bar because again, you get it the was, character. That boat fight was so good. So good. That that whole boat fight makes. If it wasn't for that boat fight being so good, I would easily say. Like I could easily see you going three or four. Uh, sorry, four or five as the best one, or sure. even two. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that boat scene makes it. Like that boat scene puts it over. It's the fucking cool. But yeah, they're all good. Except, I mean, the one I, I, I do like the John Cena one the least. I just think it's like, meh. Yeah. It's whatever. It's, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, but you know what? This breaks the tradition of them murdering the last guy at the end with fire. It's true. It did. I don't, I don't know. Wait. Uh, I don't think I don't the think last it, one had it. No, it stopped at four. It stopped at three. The first three have it. Yeah, yeah. And then four, four and five. Four five don't. But still. That's, you know. Oh, well. We don't get to see the, the bad guy burned alive. No, we didn't. But he did get thrown off the roof and his head bleeding off the side of the ambulance. So, all right. So, we were big fans of this one. I can't wait to see 
where we go next with the Miz yeah, and the Marine. Yeah, I don't know what they do. Marine it's Seven. Um, great first outing, as we said. Bo Dallas, I thought was good. I enjoyed. Bo Dallas him. was great. The only the only slight complaint I had was that it, it felt like he was acting like Bray Wyatt. It felt like he was acting a bit like his brother, which was good because Bray Wyatt's awesome and Bo Dallas could also be awesome. Sure. He was really good in it. Yeah. Heath Slater, I think, was okay. He was very in the movie, very minimally. Yeah, he was. He was kind of just like a side character. And uh, Curtis Axel did, did a good job. Yeah, Naomi. he was good. Naomi was good. I think everybody let's, was. Let's good. get him. Let's get them in more movies. Yeah. Even even Heath Slater. Let's see him in another yeah. movie. I loved it. And maybe now that the Miztourage is, a, maybe we'll see them reunited in maybe some way. We'll join him as as a Marine team. Maybe. <laughs> uh. So there you go. So yeah. Do you think? Here's a question. Yeah. Do you think the Miz, the Miz's Marine time is over, or that and they would continue the Marine series with another person, or that he is going to be in the Marine until the end of it and they'll just keep making them? All right. So here's the thing. Yeah. I've often asked this my, myself. The often? same question. The same question. All right. Uh. I feel like the Miz has got at least an, at least another one more. more. At yeah. least one more. You gotta if you're gonna close out the the Marine franchise, the Miz deserves a, a swan song. Yeah, I don't think they could close out the whole franchise on this movie. No way. They would need to do something. Else. They need to do. Listen, these movies they've made fucking five of them, so that means they're making money on them. Yeah. Right. So oh, I'm sure this one made money. I'd probably just fucking help them. I give them fifteen dollars to watch this yeah. movie. Uh, so if you're gonna close it out. Just write the check and let the Miz have one more, and finish it out. Close it out. If you're gonna close it out, do that. If you're not gonna close it out, I almost think you do like a buddy thing with the Miz in the next one, and let whoever his like partner is take it over. I like that too, because I feel like the Miz may have run his course, believable, like even remotely believable course in this world. Yeah, because you got him going Marine home on leave. Private security and, and left the military, EMT. and now he's an EMT. So where does he go from here? Right, right. So then, I get it. Yeah, and didn't wasn't somebody else an EMT in a different WWE movie? Randy Orton. Randy Orton was an EMT. Yeah. In uh, Twelve Rounds Two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Yes, you're absolutely yes. That is it. Because then the then the the ambulance blows up with his partner. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, so it's Randy Orton. So it's like we've already done this kinda in a different WWE movie. Oh, granted, not as good. So here's what I want. Let's dig somebody out from the crew that was in the Marine Three, who's seeking revenge One against of the anarchist boat crew. Yeah. Okay. Seeking revenge, or maybe maybe it's just like the brother of Neil McDonough, like we do like a fucking diehard, like or with Hans Gruber's brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hans Gruber's brother, right? And died with a vengeance. Seeking Simon. revenge. Right. Yeah. So let's get... Give me a Simon. Neil McDonough's brother, who's also an anarchist, seeks revenge against The Miz in 3, for his actions in 3, killing his brother. And The Miz like teams it. up with a guy. Maybe it's a, a guy from his platoon. Yes. Right? Who's also on leave, who's visiting him at home. Another young wrestler. Right. So maybe it's... Uh, let's think about it. Who, Adam Cole, baby! No, no. It's, not, it's not Adam Cole. Um, let's think about it. Who could it be? Ooh. Think about who's on our roster right now. Who would make a good Marine? Maybe. Let's hear it. I'm going a different way than what we 
just said slightly. Maybe he teams up with John Cena. That would be terrible, but also amazing. So it would be amazing. Problem is, is John Cena is now too successful. Yeah, and they'd have to throw a lot of money. And yeah, you're yeah. not going to do the Marine 6 as a big budget movie. No. Um, Good idea, though. So, okay. Uh, who on the current roster? Let's see. No. Definitely not Kevin Owens. Although you couldn't make Kevin Owens a bad guy. You know what I want to say? What? I got it. Uh-oh. AJ Styles. As the Marine. Oh. AJ Styles as... The Marine's buddy. The new Marine. Yeah. Interesting. He does have a little bit of that, like, southern boy to Yeah. Get AJ Styles in there. Or, is, or... Is he almost, too, is he almost like, too old? Seth then? Rollins. Seth Rollins? Yeah. Why not Seth? Oh, wait a minute. Or fucking Dean. I was just gonna say, what if Dean Ambrose is, like, his crazy old, like, platoon buddy with PTSD? Yeah. but And but, he's, like, wacky. But would... But would Dean Ambrose be able to carry the franchise on his own? I could see Seth Rollins carrying it on his own. Sure. Or an AJ Styles. No, Dean, Dean Ambrose probably couldn't. So then we go Seth. Because AJ's probably too old. Probably can't act. AJ's a little bit old. Yeah. So then we go Seth. Seth. I just... I like it. As a... as I'm, I'm, Again, I'm thinking of just him. Yeah. I don't know if I believe him as like... As a Marine. A Marine. I understand that. But would you have believed the, the, if I told you... The Miz was a Marine? Yeah, you didn't fucking believe it. A little that. more than Seth, just because okay. Seth's a little scruffier. All right. Um, That's fair. But I could see it. You clean him up a little bit, keep him with his long hair like he's just kind of a yeah. kind of a, kind of a badass. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I, that's interesting. Yeah, I think that's the way they go. I don't know who they do it with, but that, I think that's like the way they Like you said, they team up, and then they write the Miz out in that Kane. movie. Perfect. Kane. Kane, right. <laughs> and then uh, the next film picks up with the buddy taking over. Yeah, I get that's the that's way you gotta do it. You gotta do a handoff. That's what they should do. Let's see what happens. All right, I like that plan. Me too. All right, Craig, that wraps up November for us. We are getting now. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, into the Christmas season of Zapanis, Craig. Oh, it's the the most wonderful time. And also, our anniversary is approaching. Yeah. So uh, shocked and surprised. So we will be doing spending the month of December with. Two Christmas films, because we were able to find that there were two that we hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. One of which is Jingle All the Way 2, which will be our first film that we discuss in December. Followed by Santa's Little Helper. Yep, yep. Starring again. The Miz. The Miz. The seventh Miz movie, yeah. which I just remembered I've seen before. So that statement I made in the episode <laughs> about... So I think now we'll... Once we watch that one, I can't I think this is the fifth time I've done this. Um, so yeah, so join us next month for Jingle All the Way to starring Santino Morella. And also uh, with the two weeks after that, we'll be doing Santa's Little Helper starring The Miz and Paige. Yeah, Paige is in a live action movie this time. Yes. And that will close out, uh, well, that will be the... First two episodes of a three-part Christmas extravaganza. Yes, the first two of a uh, three-part. Yeah, and we're gonna keep the third one a secret. Oh, for... you guys are gonna have so much fun when we talk about the third one. Yes, so we're gonna keep it's that a secret until until that episode is released. So we're gonna keep you in suspense. Yeah, but you should be on pins and needles because it's awesome. All right. So Craig, uh, until the first week of November. 
Oh, wait, no. It's sure. the first week of December. Yeah. Uh, get your fucking shine box, Craig. Get your fucking shine box, Sean. All right. Until then. Bye. Bye.